Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Above the Bar podcast, where each week we belly up to the bar with a new guest, find out what they do, who they are, and what makes them great. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Alrighty, folks, welcome back to the Above the Bar podcast. It's your host, Sean. We have bellied up to the bar on this somewhat chilly, I don't even know, like it's winter in upstate. Like, don't even start. Don't even start. Our guest right now is sitting in a, one of the most BS names of any town in America because it doesn't exist there winter garden florida like no one wants to hear it no one wants to listen to it listen to me so join obviously like this is a perfect because the name of where she's at is causing me trauma (laughs) the fact that i have to listen to like oh Oh, winter garden i have to have my shawl oh my my, oh dear i need my shawl in my hat it's in the 70s oh my so joining us from all the way in winter garden florida it's miss sammy bennett hello sean thank you for having me absolutely sammy so so you're down in winter garden florida enjoying enjoying the 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 blistery cold oh yeah but you know what you guys are i do remember my son lived in in boca and okay. like it would get cold and then the uh iguanas would fall out of the trees oh wow okay that's like a thing like a little bit of cold and the iguanas like they just can't drop hang. out of trees okay they can't. iguanas cannot hang <laughs> like, like they just all of a sudden and that's it <sighs> so all that being said let's go ahead and get some house cleaning done before we get to talking here with sammy and we're talking about uh how trauma recovery her process the her book of poetry and her wonderful significant other. What she, what did they bring you? What'd you get? So uh, I'm going to be real honest with you. He brought me a LaCroix. <laughs> okay. okay. But you can get that at some bars, I imagine. Like, like, but see, if you keep the can face the other way, you can be like, it's like a new level of white claw. Le, le white claw. Le, le claw. Le, le, le claw. Le claw. Like, well, like, well, you, yeah, like we, you could even rushing it up real good and be like, you do a good. This is a horrible. This is horrible. <laughs> it's a horrible Russian accent. I know I'm not good at it. My Eastern European is not I great. Yours was fantastic. Yeah, I'm not. It's, it doesn't work for me. But what does work for me is what's over my right shoulder right here. That's the big board for sticker and a cause. Maybe you've got a book. You've got a story. You've got something that you want other people to to know about a band, anything. I don't care what it is. You can reach us on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, or not Twitter anymore, YouTube, X, Twitch, Instagram, TikTok, anywhere you can think of. Even our email is the above the bar podcast at gmail.com. Reach out to me. Let me know what you got going on. I'll put your sticker up here on the big board and we'll read about whatever you got going on. Free to you. Just getting the word out. That's how we all grow together. Just like you hear me say many times, if you're finding me through Sammy or Sammy through me, make sure you're following, make sure you're liking, make sure you're sharing. I know it sounds cliche and everybody's like, listen, my kids play that stuff on their, on their tablets. And I have to listen to that, but it's a God's honest truth. You doing those little things makes a big difference for all of us. Now, the other things we got to talk about our sponsors and our sponsors are budget blinds of East Greenbush and budget blinds of Hudson and Cooksaki, New York. I see the window treatment you have right now, Sammy. And let's talk about this for a minute. You have, <laughs> you have faux wood blinds with cords. You have faux wood blinds with cords right now. We need to fix that. And you should call your local budget blinds because guess what happens? Guess what's happening what? here in June? What happens? What happens in June? Please tell me, Sean. All cords go away. It's, a, it's actually going to be, it's a law that was passed, a safety act for children and pets oh. that window treatments will no longer be sold with cords like that. You can still get the chains that are out there for continuous loop, but they have to be mounted to a wall so that nobody can get hung up in them. So window treatments like that, you won't be able to get anymore. And in the month of February at budget blinds of Hudson, New Hudson and Cooksaki, New York and budget blinds of East Greenbush, New York, they're running their sale of buy two, get one free. 
Can't beat that deal. Buy two, get one free. So make sure if you're up here in the capital region, you belly up to the bar and you tell them that's what you're there for. They're going to take good care of you, get you some good window treatments, buy two, get one free, and they carry everything, whether it be Hunter Douglas, Lutron, Spring, Custom Brands Group, you got it, and these are custom window treatments. My buddy Corey's down there in Texas. He says, brother, what's up, brother? So, all right, Sammy. All Hello. that. So, we're going to talk. So, let me make sure I got this this right. I want to make sure I got everything correct here. Uh, going through my notes right now. You, you have uh, overcome your childhood trauma. You have, let's see, you know, you love chai latte. PBS Masterpiece Theater, which is interesting to me. Because we're going to have to talk about which masterpiece theater it is and her adventures with her wild dog. Like, like what kind of dog is this? She is a Labradoodle and she is wild. Okay. And, and as far as masterpiece theater, are we talking the new masterpiece theater or the original one that would come on PBS when we were kids? And it was like this black and white two dimensional drawings that looked like a Tim Burton, like stabbing thing. Which one is it? I'm referring to the former. So the more current day, if you will, masterpiece. Mm. If they are, if it is a period that is not ours and there is some sort of murder involved, especially if it is at like a mansion of some kind, oh, you're, you're down then, with all this, then huh? I'm in, then I will absolutely, I will watch that show. How many times have you watched the original Clue movie then? That's the original. Like, what are you? Are you throwing your hands up like you've never seen that? I have seen it, but it has been a very, very because long time ago. All right. So I, I mean, those are some of the best. How about this one for you? Here's a, here's one of those. If you really dig those, Transylvania six five thousand. Hmm. Have you ever seen that? No, I haven't. That's a that's a classic. Uh, even the music was big on that. Let me see if if anybody's watching, you can remind me who all was in. In that movie, uh, Tran oh, on. let's see, Transylvania 6 5000. Uh, let's see, go, you'll love this. Uh, I gotta pull the IMDb up because when you realize it, the movie was made in 85, I'm not gonna, nice. I would never ask a lady her age, but um, let's see who all's in that Jeff Goldblum, uh, Joe, uh, Ed Bagley. Carol Kane, Jeffrey Jones, John Biner. Like when you realize who who all's in this movie, you're like, there's a lot of like funny people that were in that movie. And it's yeah, like, what's it called again? Transylvania six five thousand because that was the uh, the code to dial Transylvania was dial six five thousand. Yeah, it's it's absolutely bad B movie, good stuff. Look at this, and I'm already hearing fantastic. it. Fantastic. <laughs> man so but but you've got all these things going on but but the reason we, we're talking is you wrote uh now is correct me and, and you're gonna have to do this often so you wrote a book and it's the book is a gathering of all your poems correct it's a collection of short stories but there it's are poems book. you're right there are poems after each story and it's called the upside down forest fables on trauma recovery that's right all right, I got it right. That's Good job. It. And real quick, if and is it available on? And folks, if you're watching the live, you can see Sammy's website scrolling on the bottom. If you're not watching the live and you're listening to the audio the next day, it's Sammy S A M M I E Bennett two N's two T's dot com. Is it available on your website? Like, if some as we're talking about that, if somebody wanted to find it, where would they find it? Yeah, it's on Amazon, but the link is on my website. Gotcha. Any yep. any audible versions? Not yet. TBD. But there is a Kindle. There's a Kindle version, but like not that. audio yet. How about you should go to Fiverr? You know you can get people on Fiverr to read it for you. They just bid on it. Yeah, Fiverr. I've used Fiverr for something else, but I didn't even think about the mm -hmm. hmm, the reader that I could yeah. hire. Yeah, you okay. can hire a read. Like Fiverr's interesting to me. What'd you use Fiverr for? Well, actually, when I first was looking at this, I because I tried to go the traditional publishing route and really had a hard time there because it's it's a little different. Like it's a picture oh. book and it, it talks about trauma 
And so I originally went on Fiverr to try to, you know, get like with an illustrator, but right around that same time is when all the AI stuff was coming up. So uh-huh. I, I ended up going with um, AI for the illustrations. Um, but I had, I was looking into some possible illustrators of Fiverr. That's interesting. So you, hmm, that's interesting. So I wonder how illustrate, if I got any illustrators out there that are listening, how they feel about that, that somebody would be like, yeah, I could get the same thing. Just I put into this, this app and it gave me pictures that I really liked and I didn't, didn't need to have somebody sit down and draw it for several hours. No, that's that's fair. That's no, that's, that's legit. For me, it was, it was, uh, (laughs) it was a cost issue and also, no, I get it. Yeah. I really liked, um, I don't know. I liked being able to have like the control as far as like to, to make the images like just like I want them. Cause you can like edit and, you know, go in and Canva. Yeah. That's interesting. And my buddy Tom's popping up and Heather, this is right up Heather's alley. Cause Heather and I've talked about some of these things. You smile. Do you know Heather? I, I have, two, I have two Heathers in my life who I love very much. So I, was excited to see a Heather. Hello, Heather. I do not There's know you. Movie. There's a but whole movie. But I love your name. How about the movie Heathers? There's the movie Heathers too. I haven't seen it. Oh, that's a great 80s, like where all the Heathers are killing everybody. They even made oh. a TV series. Okay. That uh, took a turn. It's like it's but it's good though. You gotta watch the Heathers. Okay. And then Nate's a graphic designer, and this is uh hmm. he, he's talking about he it's made it hard for him. And Heather says she uses a hybrid mixed AI. I'm not sure what that is. Okay. Maybe we'll talk about that, but we're not here to talk about AI and all that, but we're here to talk about trauma. Do you have to say it in that way too? Yes. You can't say it unless you use a very dramatic voice. Otherwise I'm with you. Like, like you went with the high pitched singing of it and I had to go with the very like trauma. Yeah. Interesting. So, uh, and Heather says we are amazing people. That's right. You guys are. Oh, not that Heather's. The movie Heather. Not that Heather. Okay. I'm thinking of the movie Heather. So, so let's talk a little bit about about this. So, you talk about your your childhood. Uh, you had some childhood trauma. Uh, how much of that are you willing to get into? I mean, that's a. I mean, for a lot of folks, when they they're willing to say, "Hey, I had trauma," and then you're mm-hmm. like, well, "What kind of trauma did you have?" You know, help me to understand your trauma. They're like, "I can't talk about it." Hmm. well you know i to write a book that means you're willing to to put it out and that was your recovery process to put it out into the ether and not let it live in your head rent free mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but how do you feel or or what did it take for you to be able to say this is this was trauma yeah well i mean it was definitely it's been a journey so i started counseling in 2010 Um, and at the time I thought it was strictly because of, um, marriage, like marriage stuff. Um, and so that's how I started my counseling journey. I went in, you know, thinking it was all about my marriage and within, I don't know, the first two weeks stuff really started coming up. That was much, much older than my marriage. Like this is, this is this, the relational dynamics I had, the, just that there was some wounding here that happened when I was much, much, much younger. Like that there was stuff that had happened when I was little that was definitely impacting my marriage. Um, but that I needed to take some time and like actually look at the things that had happened when I was, when I was very young. Um, yeah. And so that's how it started. Like I went in wanting to kind of just do like more current day, like real time talking. And, And my counselor did help me with that. And there's, there's a time and a place for that for sure. Um, but very quickly it started going into, you know, tell me about your childhood and, you know, just like <laughs> that typical like counselor stuff where you, you're, you think you're going in for one thing and then surprise. And so, yeah, so that started my counseling journey. And I mean, I got into recovery too for codependency. I got really into the recovery world for a little bit and then it actually is when my daughter, so I had my daughter um, in 2011 and it was when my daughter started turning, um, it must've been, so it was in 2016, 
So as when my daughter uh, was turning around four or five, I really started to have these nightmares and flashbacks and all of this stuff that was coming up um, at night. And so come to find out, I really, there was a correlation between my daughter turning that age and stuff coming up about what had happened to me at that age, if that makes sense. No, so, I, I, it, it absolutely does. Yeah. So that's when I started another round of counseling in 2016, um, which the, this counselor used internal family systems. I don't know if you're familiar. No, it's, you're, you're going to have to educate me. on. Oh, no, you're fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's the idea that we have inner parts within. Um, and so the idea that like when trauma happens, you can kind of get fractured and you can have little parts inside that, um, take on the pain. It's, it's a kind of splintering so you can survive. So like, if you have something really, really bad happen, it can kind of be stored. Like, let's say something horrible happened when I was three. I still, the, the idea of internal family systems is that you still have that little three-year-old who's holding that trauma, who's holding the pain of that bad thing that happened. And IFS is all about going back to those little ones or exiles and letting them unburden and bringing them with you into the present so that they're not stuck in that traumatic past. So it's a lot of, it's, it's, it's a, it's a lot. It's a, it's not it's a, a, but no, that's, that's a very interesting uh, vibe there and in hearing that, but, but I got to ask a question. I, and I, this is, sure. this is my understanding At, when you're initially starting to have these, like, Hey, I'm having nightmares. My kids this age, I have a, I have a son that was born in 2011. Um, so you're, you're starting to feel these things how do you realize that it's real vice vice it, that feeling of like maybe i want i don't know if nobody wants trauma but hey i'm making this for myself or i want mm. this for myself i'm trying to like it it's not really there how do you differentiate that because i mean you're talking you know if you had you know 2011 i don't know how old you were how long ago it was when you were that age but more than a couple of weeks, I'd imagine. Yes, definitely. And you're trying to be like, hey, did did that really go on or am I just creating this in my head? Hmm. How do you differentiate that? Yeah, that's an excellent question. And I mean, to be honest, for me, there was definitely some push and pull because this stuff happened when I was so little. There was some you know, like I would have these things like come up. Journaling helped me a lot. So I would like write out like what was coming up. Um, I definitely had a professional, right? So I had like my counselor who could kind of help me like navigate um, all of that. But there was like, there was a push and pull. There was a, did this really happen? Well, didn't it happen? And um, I remember really wrestling with it and really, um, I think for me, it was more of a, the reality was so hard and sad that it was more of like a, a sense of protection. Like deep down, I knew that this had happened and I had oh. known for a long time, but it was more a sense of um, ugh, like this reality, like this reality is just so much. So there would be a sense of um, almost like a protection. Like I, so oh, I had, yeah. yeah. So you, you had kind of, and hearing this, what it's interesting to me, you know, you go back to the seventies where, you know, the, the big, you know, thing was everyone was talking about, oh, multiple personality disorder. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, when you have these traumas, you create personalities and, and they run those, those situations, but this is almost kind of like, I've never heard of this before. So this was kind of a process of saying, yeah, those things happen, but we create, we we kind of pause our personalities at that time. And that one holds on to it while the new age, like, as you mentioned, a three-year-old, you pause the first three-year-old, it has to hold on to that. And now the new three-year-old has to move on with whatever pieces are left over. Yes. One of my favorite quotes is, yeah. One of my favorite quotes is from Madeline Langle. And she says that we're every age we've ever been. And that has just like, and I felt, I loved that quote even before I started the IFS stuff. Cause I just, I, that just really resonates. So yes, like, yes, that we really are walking around, but we hold inside of us every age that we've ever been. 
that's interesting. No, that I've never, I've never heard of this. So, so what was your, even your own personal feelings when, you know, cause, cause all this, well, let me ask this question first. Were you writing before all this? Were you always a writer or did this trigger for you this way of releasing? No. Yeah. So I started writing right out of college. I self-published two novels and yeah, like was all about, they were like young adults, um, fantasy. And I honestly thought that that was, I know I, what, yes, I'm all about it. I know. Right. And I honestly thought, um, I, I still read YA fantasy. Have, um, you, read, have you read the Scythe series yet? No, gosh, oh. it. I'm going to have a list of things oh. on my phone after. Sorry. Uh, no, this is good. What is it? it? It's called Scythe, S-C-Y-T-H-E, like a scythe, uh-huh. like like a, uh, the Grim Reaper scythe. Uh-huh. So, talking about young readers, my 14-year-old turned me on to the series, and I guess there's talks of it becoming an actual TV series. Nice. But I'll have to tell you about it. So, so you were writing Young Writer, and, and George, hey, folks, if you want another great podcast, make sure you're checking out Out outlaws blitz those guys are amazing they i wish i could sell out a place do you know for super bowl uh saturday they sold out an entire buffalo wild wings sold the whole place out the guys are amazing they are absolute rock stars down in the poughkeepsie area of new york so go check out out george and uh winnie they're amazing but so you're writing these these things so you were you had the writing bug already yes so i had the writing bug i loved I loved fiction. Fiction was my first love and and still is. Um, I think I turned to fiction a lot as a child because there was so much going on that I didn't understand that wasn't being talked about. And books talked about that. Like books talked about the hard things. Books gave me a context of good and evil. And, you know, I really, I, I turned to them for like a lot of comfort and language. And so I've always been a big reader. And yes, in my my 20s, that's when I was, you know, writing my YA um, novels and two. I don't want to make it sound like I, hey, <laughs> my look, novels, look, after I finished my and, novels, and plural. My, yeah, my writing career, I decided that I would. Oh, Sam. Oh, honey. It was two. So technically, Look, yes, I can I can do plural, but that was maybe a little. You're doing better than ninety five percent of the world. I got one that's got six chapters that I just can't finish, and everybody's like, "We well, just write a page a day." I'm like, "Kiss my ass, I can't do it." The whole story's in here. It's a three book series in here, Sammy. I'm telling you, I got a three book series in here that would be so much fun and movies and everything. Mm. It's amazing what's in here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Storyteller. Um, Yes. So I basically, I then took a huge break because of, because of all of this, like I was, I know that there's some people who can create in the midst of all of this. I was not one of those people. I, at one point I was going to counseling like twice a week. I mean, it was intense and I was not able to write during that time. I was able to journal and that was really helpful. But as far as like crafting a story and stuff like that was not like, that was not on the table. There was no way. Um, and so I finally started writing again. Um, I don't, I'm so bad with years, a, a couple of years after that. And I thought a gentle entry in would be children's books. So I thought that I would write these books like about a squirrel gathering acorns. And it, it would still be like a way for me to, you know, write stories, but it would be gentler. It wouldn't be long form. It'd be short form. So I was, I'm part of a writer's group. And I was submitting these stories and unbeknownst to me, all of the stories I was submitting were like not even subtle metaphors for like trauma recovery. Like it was like there was a dragon and the princess saw the dragon, but nobody else believed her. And she, she knew it was a dragon. I mean, like it wasn't even, it's not, it wasn't even subtle. And so So my princess turned to the magic potion and the potion helped her sleep. Oh my goodness. But the dragon so, was always there. The dragon was still there. And it was and a white dragon. She knew it. Um, yeah. So thankfully, Heather and Christina, they're my writers group to this day. I love them dearly. They very gently were like, okay, so 
um, like they would just ask me some some probing questions like, okay, um, so what do you think that represents? And like, da, 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 da. So it was honestly, the this collection, the Upside Down Forest came about uh, because I had two very honest friends who encouraged me to keep writing, even though I was actually not writing about um, a squirrel and acorns. I was writing about trauma recovery and I was using archetypes that I loved um, like from fairy tales, but I was, I was, that's what I was doing is I was telling these stories of what was happening in my counseling sessions. So like literally my stories were paralleling my counseling sessions. And for a long time, I didn't think that these stories would be for anyone but me because they felt very personal. Also there are fairy tales on trauma recovery. Like that's weird. Um, trauma recovery is not a fairy tale. It's not a neat narrative arc. Like, and now I'm all better. Like I'm still waiting for that all better. Like it's a, it's a process and I'm still very much in the process. Um, but yeah, that's what I was writing and I fell in love with it. And I honestly, I also fell in love with this short story form, um, because I love the challenge of telling a whole story and a whole arc as concisely as you can. And I've, I've always loved plain writing. And this just took it to a whole other level of like, how condensed can you tell a story? How condensed can you tell a full story enough so that you're actually like getting your reader to come into the world with you when you only have this many words? And there's, the, there's a puzzle element to that that I really, really like. I'm taking it. Clive Barker is probably my favorite short story writer, and he's mm. been very good at that and taking those short stories and, and turning them into full, full length features. So you're, I mean, it's definitely a market. I mean, even King started with short stories, mm -hmm. you know. So as you can tell, I like there's a theme. There. Yeah. There, you know. but Stephen so King, Stephen King's book on writing, it's it's the first book I ever read. It was a I result mean, of reading. Yeah, he has a book that's literally titled On Writing. And after reading that book is when I started writing my first um, like long form thing. So as you're going through this and, and you're, you're compiling these stories, I don't want to lose track of, you know, where you started with this. You said, you know, you thought it was more marriage relationship related, but it was all coming to surface these traumas from the past. Mm -hmm. If I'm hearing you right, mm -hmm. how is it being approached? You know, as your family dynamic when they're like, mommy's got to go to counseling again. Mommy's got to mm -hmm. go to counseling again. And, and you're, you know, anyone who's ever gone, you, you know, after many times, it's very draining. It's very physically, you know, your, your mind. Yes. You're, you're coming out from your head, but your body is physically just wiped out from it. How is that being, you lost, hold on folks. Break <gasps> Hold on, breaking news right now. And I don't know if I have any good music for the breaking news. I apologize. Let's this see. This is big. Let's, let me see if I got anything uh, here. All right, because nobody can, you won't be able to hear Miss Sammy, but all right, go ahead into the mic. Tell everybody what happened. I lost my first tooth. Congratulations. That's big. Everybody's giving, he can't hear you because you're in my earbuds, but well, congratulations. I'm very proud of you. Now, what happened to the tooth? It's upstairs. How did it come out? We just kind of, I kind of bended it down too much and then it just fell out. Bended it down too much and it fell out. Yeah. Did Magnus, our dog, take it and run with it? No. Did the cats poke it out of your head? No. None of those <laughs> things happened, right? No. All right. Do you? This could be trauma right now. We could need. We could be involved right now, Sammy. So okay. Need to make sure. So, ev but everything's okay. Yeah. All right. I love you. It didn't even hurt. It didn't even hurt a little bit. Yeah. Well, that's pretty awesome. High five. I'm proud of you. I love you. All right. I'll beat it, kid. I love you. Love you too, Dad. You're the best. That is precious. All right. Congratulations to him. That's a big deal. That is a big deal. All right. Go upstairs, kid. <laughs> but but back to what my question here is, as you're putting all this together and you're you're coming home, what was the vibe around 
this recovery for you that eventually becomes. And again, folks, is we're if you're just joining us midway through with Sammy or you're listening to the audio, make sure you're checking out Sammy S-A-M-M-I-E Bennett, two N's, two T's.com. You can find her book on there, The Upside Down Forest, Fables on Trauma Recovery. But what was that vibe around around the house where it was like, all right, like what's going on here? Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely a fine line. I one one thing my counselor said is how easy it is to overshare and undershare with children. And that really stood out to me. What do you um mean? what do you, explain that to me? Yeah. I think that it can be really easy for us to maybe overshare in a in a not necessarily keeping it age appropriate, right? So like okay. I might I might share how I would maybe share with you, like with a fellow adult, and I'm sharing like that with a 10-year-old. And there it's there's a discrepancy. Right. Um, or I could undershare and you know, not tell them enough of what's going on. So then they feel like, you know, what's wrong with me? Cause I'm feeling that something's like really, really off, but mom's acting like she's fine. You know, like, so right. there's just, there, there can be discrepancies where, you know, we can overshare or undershare. And I mean, I'm sure I still do this to this day. Like, I'm, I'm not saying that I, that I did it. Parents. Yeah. I'm not saying that I, I did it perfectly, but I, I thankfully I had that in mind because my counselor had told me. So my daughter was a little bit older at the time. And so she knew that I was going to counseling. Um, and my son was, was very young at the time. So he, you know, he didn't really know we, he didn't really, yeah, that was now they both know that I go to counseling now they're, um, they're 12 and nine and I'm very open with them about the fact that I go to counseling, um, how I think it's fantastic (laughs) and, um, just how helpful it is to me and my brain and my body and again, I, I try to talk in a way that, you know, again, is age appropriate because they're, you know, different ages too. That's how, that's how they're, I uh, res- respect them different, different levels as a person they are becoming. Sometimes it's hard to find that thin line between too much and too little. Well I said. I, I could definitely see that. And yes, Nate, I, I overdo most things and no, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't have any ESPN breaking news music for for him i had the dream sequence thing though yeah all the rest of my all the rest of my stuff would have been like would have made would have made no sense it's like not topical no it wouldn't have worked at all it's like so so all this is going down you you've got a writer inside of you that's Mm -hmm. a that's something that you truly feel for and a passion for Mm -hmm. when does when when did you know the two, you know, you cross streams here and you're, you're realizing like, Hey, this is going to be part of my recovery process to help me get to my new normal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Part of it was that I just couldn't seem to stop. Like I just kept writing. Um, I thought it was going to just be, you know, one story. And then I, you know, wrote, I kept writing them, you know, more and more. And, um, I think I, I wanted to have, I wanted to publish them. I'd want to say that it was completely, bless you. I'd want to say it was completely altruistic and that I just wanted to help other survivors. And I do think that there is an element of that. I do, I do genuinely feel for other survivors and I do genuinely want to share anything that I have to offer like to them, which sometimes can feel like not much, but I'm like, here you go. Like, this is, this is something like, maybe you'll find yourself somewhere in some of this. But I also think that there was a part of it. um, So many survivors, you know, we feel like our voice was taken from us uh, and it was in a lot of ways. And so I do think that, you know, publishing these stories and, you know, presenting them was a way of reclaiming my voice in some, in some ways. And, and how fitting that I would do it through stories because that's my love. Like that's, um, that's, that's my, that's my thing. That's, that's what I, what I have to offer. Um, 
and so yeah, I think it I think it was just kind of inevitable in some ways um, that that's the form that it would take. Well, uh, Nate, I'll get to your question in a minute. I'm going to do that after. But but Heather also says a lot of us become victims of what we are trying to survive. Was that anything that you personally experienced, like from your trauma? You later found that you know you were you were becoming a victim of that, like whether it be hey, I'm burdening myself with extra of other things that shouldn't be mm -hmm. a weight on me, and, and and if I'm digging too deep, let no, me no, you're fine. A lot of this to me because a lot of people I think, like I'm definitely a person who doesn't who understands trauma, but in a weird way. I have somebody super close to me that had massive traumas that dictated their life. Like I'm a weird one when people say to me, oh, I'm depressed. I'm like, no, you're not. And they're like, yes, I am. I'm like, no, you're not. Until the day you can't get out of that bed, until the day you clinically don't have that ability. And now this is the way my brain works. You're not depressed. You're sad. You're having a bad day. So I have, I don't understand some other people because that's, that's how I was taught it. That's how I saw it. Mm -hmm. So for yourself, um, as this is, as this is going on, did you ever feel like you were becoming a victim by trying to survive it better? You know, for me personally, that didn't, that doesn't necessarily resonate. I, I definitely get, I understand what you're saying. I think, I mean, I think there were definitely times where I felt like it was never going to end. So I think there were definitely times where I felt incredibly discouraged and like, that's all I was. Like I was, I was just a survivor of this thing that happened to me. Um, and the idea of like that I would be like writing again seemed ridiculous because all I was doing was surviving literally from like one day to the next. So I do feel like there was a season where it was more encapsulating of my identity um, simply because I was in so much grief. Um, I didn't have a lot of room um, for much else. That day, I made it through that day. Um, so I it think- was I me, It was your I am. It was your I am. You heard that term? So I'm a big fan of this. So I'm a big fan of this. When you say what you are, that's what you are. That's your I am. So if you're saying mm. I I I am a survivor of trauma, I am living with trauma, there's a difference in the two. So I am I living you're with saying. trauma. You're not getting really any better at that point. Whereas you're saying I'm a survivor of trauma. I am in recovery of it. You're always what you say you are. I am. So you got to ask yourself what your I am is. Mm -hmm. And that's how we move on. And, you know, Marisa Ivy Rain is one of my closest friends. I understand exactly what she's got there. And everybody's digging on it. I mean, uh, Heather says what I was meaning to imply was trauma that you're going through. It's almost like the way we're handling or approaching we feel in a way that we are trying to survive this, but it's victimizing us even more. It's a milestone that you have to reach to say, like, enough is enough. I'm overcoming this regardless. Mm -hmm. I do. I do get that. I really do. That's your I am. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense or am I a crazy person? No, it doesn't make sense. It does make sense. <laughs> no, you're not a crazy person. Yes, it makes sense. Okay. I can be both, though. That's true. I can be a little bit of both. So now we're going to, we're, we're, we've decided, so we've got all these stories. They're all together. Now you've realized you've been writing and we've now got, and I love the name of it. Cause first off, cause I'm a big fan of, of anything fantasy. I've always been into mm -hmm. fantasy stuff. Always enjoyed it. I did you ever want here. We're going to do another one. The original animated Hobbit. No. I'm going to add it to my list. This is Sammy. my Sean list. And it's Sammy. There is like an amazing old school. 
I always consider it like British style art, hand hand drawn Hobbit mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. like seventy eight or seventy nine mm-hmm. that tells Tolkien's story of the Hobbit with like the dragon, like like it does, that like, sounds magical. It is absolutely glorious, but you know I I, I like so understanding all these things, you're putting all this together. Where does it feel like outside of your writer's group, you know, I'm going to put this out to the world. I'm going to share my trauma now with the world. Mm-hmm. What was that like to put together? Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny because it seems like it would feel like a leap. It seems like it would be like, okay, well, I wrote this for myself or my small group, um, my writer's group. Now the decision to publish it, you know, it would feel like it'd be, oh, like that's a leap. Um, But it really, it just felt like the next step. And I know that sounds strange, but at the time I didn't think, oh, this is going to be like this big, you know, this big step that I'm taking. Um, I think part of it is I knew that it was for a very specific audience. Um, I guess I just... I didn't feel like I was sharing it with the world, even though that's, you know, that's what I was doing. I was, I was putting it out there on Amazon. It felt more just like it would kind of just be like a little grassroots thing. And um, if people were meant to find it, they'd find it. And honestly, that's, that is how it's been. Um, So yeah, it honestly, it just felt like the next step. I had already pursued publishing before in my twenties. Like I, um, I think once I had the five stories, I knew that I wanted to publish them. And it was just an instinctual, I want to do this. This is for these, for these stories, this is the next right step. I want to get this like out there. Like I want this to actually be like a book that other people could read. And I did have um, a very kind group of women. There was a total of five of us who read through the stories with me and did like the questions and everything with me. And it was incredible what came out of that. So I was like, oh, okay. So yeah, so each of the stories I do. So it's kind of a, my book is kind of a hybrid. So I have the five stories are definitely fiction, but each of the stories has an introduction. That's a part of my own story. And then each of the stories has questions at the end that you can choose to, you know, write or journal about um, just like how the story impacted you. And I, in my brain, I knew that would be so cool in a group setting because I've been Mm -hmm. involved in um, survivor groups, um, recovery groups, and I know the like power of a group, like it's real. And so I did have this, you know, dream of that this could be a cool like group setting type thing. So I did it. I did it with a group of women um, who were so kind and like, you know, read the stories and really like showed up when it came to like answering the questions and everything. And honestly, it was just like the last bit of like, like, just like, this is like, this is actually like, this could be good. Like this actually has like, there's some goodness here. So let's do it. And so that was kind of, that was the extra umph to get it out there was when I actually had um, women reading it and answering the questions and sharing, um, sharing their own stories. It it just felt like um, sacred ground. I love that vibe. And and folks, we're getting pretty close to closing the bar up here soon. So if you have questions for Sammy or something you want to tell her, maybe you have your own recovery story and, and you want to kind of mention it. This is the spot. You, you are you're in a safe space right now. This is safe. Here we go. Do it again. All right. That's so, safe music. That is very safe music as opposed to. <laughs> We get a little funky with it, but, but, but it is. So if you have stories and, and again, you hear me say this all the time, folks, if you're finding Sammy through me or me through Sammy, like share, subscribe as you're watching this live right now, do me a favor, share this to all these other platforms, get other people to see what's going on. Taking a moment and hitting those likes and those hearts on here also makes a big difference. That's how this algorithm thing works. Now I got to ask Nate's question. Nate's question is a very important question as we're going through this but I'm going to two part Nate's questions. I always have to help him. He's a little, he's a little, you know, he's, he, he's not very, we'll just say he's lovable, you know, okay. 
Which is lovable kind of, Nate. Lovable Nate. But my, he has always a legitimate question. Now, his first question was, was what was your celebration meal you went to once your book was published? Did you have a celebration meal? That is an excellent question, Nate. And that's actually, that's an area of, that's a growth opportunity for me, celebrating. Um, what do you I mean? don't, I, again, like that's one of the things that, like for a survivor, like waking up to like living again, it's like, oh yeah, like celebrating the good things. Um, so no, I don't think I did do a, cel a celebratory dinner for my book. And that is, that is a travesty. Add another and thing to the list. <laughs> now we're adding that to the list. We're, but we're no, adding. thank you for asking that question, Nate. That's Nate, legit. Well, and, and I was going to ask just the opposite side to it. Did you ever have a situation where like, as you're going through this, where you realized you had a trauma, almost a trauma addiction, where maybe it was the writing like, hey, my trauma addiction was as I realized something was going on, I wrote or my trauma addiction was I went to, you know, Cold Stone or, or something like that. Did you did you realize through your journey that there was anything like that for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's definitely stuff that I would turn to to try to like numb out because of just how hard, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if, if I'm. No, you're, you're OK. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, I mean, my biggest go to's were always and still are uh, TV and social media. If I want to escape reality and do not want to deal, that is that is my go to. Um, Last Kingdom. Say that one more time. Last Kingdom. I have not watched Last Kingdom, but my husband did and is a huge fan. But I have. OK. Tell him to read the books. OK. The books are phenomenal. The guy who writes writes the books completely sidebar. Um, at the end of all the books, after the story's over, there's like another like five or ten pages about the real historical situation mm. that it was based on. That's really cool. I love when they have like some sort of context thing like that. You're I like your husband already. If you if you like this, yeah. he's very he's very likable and lovable, much like Nate. Oh, he's lovable, Nate. And Heather says, uh an individual who is truly remarkable is one who has faced countless struggles and made numerous sacrifices in life. These challenges can make many forms ranging from personal setbacks to social obstacles, yet they never waver in their pursuit of greatness. They are driven by unwavering determination to achieve their goal and a positive impact on the world. In addition to personal struggles, the remarkable individual has also faced social so I don't know what social tool. So, so I don't know. Come on, help me out here, Sammy. Societal. So there you go. I can't read, as we can tell. Societal. <laughs> they have fought again. Yep. See, I can't read. But you know what? That's that sounds like you. You know what I'm hearing of you. That reminds me of you as an individual. You you face mm -hmm. down these struggles. You face down these things. So as you're moving forward with with the book and you're getting it out there, what has been from, I mean, the truly have no idea on God's green earth who you who you are, people. What has been the reception to the to the book? So, to be honest, I'm trying to think. I like honest. I'm yes, I did. I so I mailed my book out to some people. I'm just. I was like, well, a lot of people I've heard have heard from are people that I know and that, or like, know someone who knows someone who. Because right. it's been a very grassroots thing, so I wanted to answer honestly. But no, I I have heard from some legitimate strangers, um, who basically I I guess the biggest thing that I've heard is just that it's a lot gentler than they thought. Um, really? I had, yeah, I had someone tell um, a good friend of mine, you know, I was curious about it, but it just seemed like it was going to be heavy. It just seemed like it was going to be like a really hard read. So it's they didn't pick topic. it. Yeah. So they didn't pick it up. But then when they actually, you know, picked it up and opened it, they're like, Oh, this is actually like, you could read this to a child which I have had now, I don't know about the intros and everything. I, I certainly didn't write this for children. That was not my target audience when I was writing it, but I have heard um, from multiple readers that they've read the actual stories, the fairy tales um, to children. 
So I think one of the biggest things I've heard from just like strangers is that it's actually a pretty gentle book, which I always knew that it was going to be. But like that was really interesting coming from a stranger's perspective. They don't know me. They, they don't know me from Adam. And so they're just going to see a book that says trauma recovery and assume that it's going to be really heavy, which that's fair. That's a fair assumption. So that was probably the biggest surprise is is people thinking it'd be heavy and then realizing, oh, this is actually, this is a pretty gentle read. And I specifically wanted it to. I, I, there's a time and a place for, um, you know, all sorts of ways to come at trauma, you know, all sorts of, you know, ways that you can look at it. And I've read some excellent books on trauma. I had to read them slowly and I had to read just a little bit a day. Um, but I knew that the book that I was writing I, I wanted it to be very gentle. I was very careful on even like what words I used because I know that certain words can just be come um, come down on on a survivor. So yeah, that's been the the thing from strangers, like people who don't know me at all is the surprise that it's it's actually not, you know, this super dark, heavy um, book. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's uh what's a great it's a squishy hammer the squishy hammer. <laughs> there you go i like that you know it, it it's still gonna hit you over the head but you know you're using more more of that that term and and i agree with you i've i've read a lot of books on self-help and positivity and dealing and, and sometime and if you can't find the right person that fits you they really are almost clinical to try mm -hmm. to try to get through and they can be difficult Mm -hmm. So where where do, where are we going from here with it? Is there any scheduled like, hey, I'm I'm reading a book here, or I'm going to be signing copies there, anything like that coming up? Not yet, not as of planned. Right now, it's it's this delightful podcast exchange that's happening. I'm going to be on some other podcasts, um, but no, I don't have any book signings or anything like that planned. I am already working on the second collection. Um, I have three of the stories done, and I'm working on the fourth. And that one is a little, um, I'd say it's a, it's a little more intense. Um, okay. It's a little, it's, it's um, the hard rubber hammer. What? It, yeah, maybe like a medium. Like a medium, medium, I mean, medium like, rubber hammer. I'm trying to think of a, I don't know. It's so, not granite, but maybe like a wooden hammer. Maybe a wooden hammer. So I'm, I'm curious though, with this uh, in your continuing story, is, is there any, like, have you thought about like, hey, you know what? I like this character. I'm going to carry this character around and it's them doing all this or individual stories, anything like that? No, I haven't. I haven't really thought about returning to any of these stories as far as like kind of like continuing them or having a sequel with those characters. Um, although I do in one of the stories I, I wrote most recently, I know that I'm referencing a queen that is in this. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. So it's just kind of like a, a little like nod, that. a little nod. Um, but yeah, for it's it's definitely a, a whole separate collection. Although I, I will say it will feel like a companion piece, just like with the tone and um, yeah, characters. That's, that's interesting. And Heather sent, sent a message here. She said, uh, a meeting between us should be a thing, just saying, because She's done some stuff on, on trauma, trauma and all that. That's where this is coming from uh, on stillbirth and subsequent immediate mm. loss. So that's that's where her piece come comes from in a lot of this. So yeah. we'll, we'll have to see if we can ma make that happen. We're, we're always we're, not, we're, we're bringing people together. here. Love it. Everybody comes together at the bar. Everybody sits at the bar. Love it. Whether you're drinking or not, whether you're having a la croix. <laughs> From, from Russia. Listen here, we drink the Lacroix. We drink the Lacroix. You know, I, I mean, you have the better, you have a much more Eastern European look than I do. Oh, I mean, I, I don't have that look. So, so I'll do the voice. You do the look. We'll make okay. it all, all figure out. So, I mean, this is just, I, I, Sammy, this is absolutely fascinating. And again, folks. If you're you're here towards the end of this the story with me, uh, SammyBennett.com. It's Sammy S A M M I E Bennett two N's uh, two T's.com. See what she's got going on. She has a link to her book in there. She has 
a little bit about her. Uh, I am going to make her tell me before mm-hmm. we, we get close to the end here why why her dog is wild. Tell me why the dog is considered wild. This is because um, my husband and I have put approximately zero minutes into the training of the dog. Fair enough. So this is not the dog's fault. Um, this is a result of two dog owners who might give in to bad behavior and allow it to continue and maybe just maybe, just maybe they even reward it. Oh. So it's not my dog's name is Luna. It's not Luna's fault. Would you like to see would you like to meet Luna? Yes. I think Luna's upstairs though. Do you have a Luna? I have so I have Mr. Luna. Uh and the reason he is Mr. Luna is Luna is my one of my two cats, my black cats. I have Titan and Luna. Moons. Get it? Moons. Yep, yep. Got and, it. And um he was when we first got him, we were like, Yep, there there was brother and sister. And then we, we took him to the vet and to get him uh spayed and neutered. And the vet calls up and goes, I have good news and and other news. And we went, Well, what's the news? He said, Well, it's not gonna call you cost you as much to have uh Luna uh fixed. I'm like, oh, that's good. He's like, because Luna's not a girl. Luna's a boy. And I went, oh, okay. He got little, he got little one, huh? Mr. Luna. And, that, <laughs> and, and the vet goes, so you want to change his name? No. no. He's Mr. Luna. Mr. Luna. So, Fine. It's fantastic. That's who he is. Uh, and look, she's like, oh, that's a child. Oh, he is. And he is. Abs- he's that cat that headbutts you when he wants something. Like, you, you won't see him all day long. He'll lay on something. And then when he realizes that the bowl, he can see the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. Not that it's empty. He can see the bottom of it. He comes over and he starts headbutting you. Like, you like me? Just to I'm let like, you know, like, this I'm is, here. This I'm is my here. presence. I this require food. And then you go put like five pieces, like five little pieces of kibble in the bowl to fill that space in. He's completely happy now completely good that's too just fun. doesn't want to see the bottom yeah the, luna will like come and if my hand especially you know taking it back to writing if i'm like at my laptop she will come and she will put her head under my hand so that i am then petting her like she will she will find a way to like get in there and if i stop she will just she'll she'll figure out like she'll just get it started again so she and then I pet her. So thus the cycle continues. So that's Magnus. That's that's our dog, Magnus. I have a corgi. He's an absolute mm, lunatic. He, ch- he herds the cats around the house. That's fantastic. Do the cats, yeah. they allow him to herd? So Titan accepts it and just lays back like and just meows at him. And then we watched him today. I've never seen him do this. They both stood up on their hind on their hinds. And Titan, I guess, thought he was going to push push Magnus over. Titan weighs about 15 pounds. Magnus weighs 33 pounds. And he just, and it, both me and my wife were like, oh, shit. <laughs> he just went down. Yeah, it was it was not good. So, but we can talk about that all day long. Again, folks, we're, we're getting ready to close the bar up here. If you're finding me through Sammy or Sammy through me, do that like, share, follow. Go follow her on social media, go follow uh, the elements that she's got on, go check out her Instagram. It's Sammy Bennett on Instagram. Also, I'm remembering that, right? I'm not losing. Yes, correct. It's Sammy Bennett. It's at Sammy S A M M I E Bennett B E N N E T T on Instagram. That's her.com. Give her a like and a follow over there. Again, you might think I'm a crazy person when I constantly am asking this of you folks, but listen, I have watched an entire growth of this network and of the folks that we have around here just by your generosity of taking a moment and doing those things and being involved with this. And uh, I tell you folks all the time that there's always a theme around here. I never realize when I have a theme going on, but if you join us next week, we have Melissa Washington. She's with women's veterans Alliance. Mm -hmm. And next week we're going to be talking about their organization. That was, one of the charitable organizations we helped out in November. She's got 
she helps female veterans coming out of the service with mm -hmm. transition. They also work to get them special grant money for female veterans as they're, they're coming out. This That's is awesome. a group near and dear to my heart because we want to talk about trauma for a moment. This is an, a group that has walked into a predominantly male world. They're faced with how do they deal with this mm -hmm. and then deal with other forms of trauma and sexual assault and sexual abuse that um, I can't even begin to explain to you the things that I've heard or mm -hmm. had to intervene in, in conversations and Trust me, folks, you're going to want to be around next week. I appreciate everybody's time as always. Now, we're going to have to close the bar up here. Don't log off on me, Sammy. We got to talk for a minute afterwards. Now, I know you. this is episode 224. As we talked about before, you binged all 223 other episodes. So you know what's going to happen here. But just as a complete reminder for you, the guest always gets the final word. So mm. what's our final word, Sammy? Help. Alrighty, folks, be sure to push your stool in. This has been a Second Front podcast presentation found on Apple, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found. 